Hi, Pat the Podcaster here. Any diehard listeners will know about Dan's obsession with LinkedIn, and for good reason too. Did you know that 80% of B2B social media leads are generated on LinkedIn? Or that LinkedIn has members in 200 different countries and regions, making it the perfect platform to excel your business to the next level? Well, in today's episode, Dan breaks down his strategies and secrets for securing big contracts through LinkedIn. That was when we just had won a £50,000 contract by using that strategy. We're just about to convert, it's basically converted, but another £100,000 contract with another client from this strategy. And there's probably another three or four in between those that, that have come through because of that strategy. And Dan gives his controversial opinion on what to post and what not to post on LinkedIn. You get people on LinkedIn that are like, this isn't Facebook. Don't post about your personal life. Be corporate. Those people are wrong. Don't listen to those people. Now, before we dive in, we'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, Adobe Express. Adobe Express allows you to quickly and easily create standout social graphics, logos, flyers, and more on web and mobile. Click the link in the description to try Adobe Express today. Right, LinkedIn profiles at the ready. Let's get stuck into episode 131 of the Business Anchors podcast. We're just a couple of business anchors. Welcome to the Business Anchors podcast. This jingle is slightly too long. This jingle is slightly too long. So, Dan, welcome to Ski Sunday. What underrated LinkedIn tactics can you share that drive B2B sales? Why are you wearing a ski jacket on the pod? Because you just told me that (laughs) when I wear a white t-shirt, you can't see the captions in the videos, and I didn't have anything else to wear. (laughs) So now I'm in the studio wearing a massive ski jacket. (laughs) Happy now? Yep, happy. Um, So I I actually want to just dive straight into this. Because there's uh, a whole range of really great strategies people can use to generate leads and sales um, on LinkedIn. It says in the title, Million Pound Case Study, we helped a client generate a million pound contract from LinkedIn recently, which is exciting. Mm. Um, and it's where we get most of our new business from. So we've learned lots about the platform. So the first underrated strategy, Lloyd, are you ready for this? Straight into it, yeah. Post more personal content. Now, I've got some data to back this up. Um, but you know, like you get people on LinkedIn that are like, this isn't Facebook. Don't post about your personal life. Be corporate. Um, those people are wrong. Don't listen to those people. So an example recently, um, I recently, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but I'm currently not drinking alcohol and stuff. You know, I've mentioned it a few Mm -hmm. times. I, at the weekend, um, I didn't realize this when you're not drinking, you, uh, have loads of spare time and you will do weird shit. So at the weekend, I, for no reason at all, cleaned out my whole fridge and wiped it all down, cleaned it all out, chucked some things away that shouldn't be in there. And I took a photo and posted it on LinkedIn and um, 20,000 people saw it and uh, it did really well. And it was about me cleaning my fridge out. What would you say to people with similar thoughts to myself? Thinking, you know, they might say, oh, it's a bit cringy putting about clean your fridge on LinkedIn or... Um, or like, why? but why would you put personal stuff when we're talking about trying to achieve something for business? It's a really good question, Lloyd. Thank you. So um, one thing I wouldn't advise is just posting about cleaning your fridge out. So if every day you, you said, I've cleaned my oven out now. Oh, look, I've made some dinner. Like that will get tedious and it's not an effective business strategy because how are you promoting your services? You're not. Mm-hmm. 
So I'd say this is important for one part of your strategy, which is building awareness and getting in front of people. So the context I haven't given also is um, in the copy of that post, I didn't just say I'm cleaning my fridge out. I have a, had a bit of a witty bit of copy, Lloyd. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Word of warning. If you take a break from, break from drinking alcohol and you're over 30, you end up doing weird shit on the weekend, like cleaning out your fridge. So it's a bit of fun. <laughs> oh, I'm taking that down and I'm officially warned. <laughs> oh, God, we do have a laugh. Oh. So so um, this was uh, uh, just uh, like a, a personal post that I did. Um, and it reached loads of people and it's getting in front of people in a non... Mm -hmm. I think the, clear, the, the key part here is you're getting in front of people in a way that's going to hopefully make them smile and make them have a positive mm -hmm. um, opinion of you as, as the per first point of seeing you rather than this is Dan trying to sell me marketing services. No, that's all he cares about. It's this is a relatable human being that I can relate to that. I guess in the wider context, you are posting what on average, like, is it like 14 Three, times a week? Yeah, 14 times a week now. That's another point which I'll get into. So I guess this is a single part of a much bigger strategy yes. like, like you're saying if you just post personal stuff and nothing else yeah that's not going to be good but mm. uh, as a way that's part of your strategy part to get strategy. in front of yes. new people and exactly make right. them have a positive feeling yes. towards you yeah that that's done and let me job. tell you how this strategically will will benefit you mm. to drive new business so let's give an example i post about cleaning my fridge out Twenty thousand people see it um, 83 people commented on it, 181 people reacted to it, right? So the way that um, the LinkedIn algorithm works on a basic level, you know, no one knows exactly how it works, but on a basic level from the information LinkedIn have put out is people are shown the content based on their engagement with other people on the platform. So for example, if you, uh, if you were one of the people that reacted to my fridge post, Next time I posted something, a percentage of you would see that post because LinkedIn's thinking, hmm, they liked his previous post, so they must like his content. Let's show him something else and see how they react to that and then see if they continue to like his content. And if they continue to react to it, we're going to continue to show it to them. So they've liked a post about a fridge. Mm. My next post is a case study showing how we generated a million pound contract for a B2B brand. And you're the CMO of a big B2B brand in the yeah. UK. You're thinking, I've seen the fridge post. That was a bit fun. Oh, wow. They can actually generate tangible results for B2B brands. I, I run a B2B brand. That's one of my goals mm. that I need to achieve. I'm going to speak to him. It might. I suppose it's like 5,000 new people see your fridge post. <laughs> 3,000 of them get served your next post. That's a case study. Yeah. That's relevant to 200 of those people. Yep. They, and then 50 of them are like, mm. oh, that's interesting. Then five mm. of them get in touch with you in the next yeah. six months to work with you. And I mean, that's quite oversimplified, but that, that kind of, yeah. that is the kind of model, but over a longer period of time with more yeah. posts. Mm. Um, yeah. So that, do you kind of get now? This, yeah. I'm not saying post about cleaning your fridge out, like, you know, but, but I kind of are. am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, another example. That, that makes sense with the context. Yeah. Now. Yeah, definitely. Posted about putting the kids to bed. Got 5,000 views, 104 reactions, 21 comments. Like these aren't game changing numbers, but strategically, if a small percentage of those are marketing managers from brands, which they are, and then the next case study post or the next example of an inside Knowlton series we do showing behind the scenes of our team in action, working with a client, all these touch points people are seeing like are, are ultimately convincing them to get in touch with us and become a customer. Great. So that's the first one. The next underrated strategy, we've spoken about this before, but these are for the, this is for the people who haven't heard us talk about this before. Um, 
you need to try the video outreach strategy that we've spoken about on episode 85. This is where you uh, look for people who are engaging with your content, who are in your target market, who are visiting your profile, who are showing signs they're interested in what you do, and then sending them a personalized video to introduce yourself, talk about how you can help them and see if they're open to setting up a call. There's lots more. To, that's a really two second description of that. There's a lot more to it, which we share all the details and share an example of how we do this um, in episode 85. But just to give you an idea of the power of this. So when we when we recorded that podcast, that was when we just had won a £50,000 contract by, by using that strategy. We're just about to convert it's basically converted, but another £100,000 contract with another client from this video outreach strategy. And there's probably another three or four in between those that, that have come through because of that strategy. So it is incredibly effective. Um, and it's not it's not a case of being spammy and, and pissing people off and annoying them. If you do it in a really clever, strategic way, like we explained in that episode, it works incredibly well. Can I ask a question quickly on that about balance, I guess? Mm. How do you not become the sleazy salesperson on LinkedIn everyone hates by using this kind of like more sales outreach? Great. Or does it matter if everyone hates you other than the ones uh, that... I'd say it does. Yeah. Okay. Um, but great question. I'd say, um, first of all, it's not cold outreach. So what you're not doing, which is what most annoying, shitty sales, spammy people do is um, never interacted with you before and connect with you and send a sales pitch in the DMs, have no context for if you need their services. You know, we've been pitched marketing services a number of times and that kind of thing. So the way that you're not annoying is, first of all, you're only do, you're sending this, this video to people who are in your target market, who you know you can help, who have shown signs that they're interested in what you do. They've mm -hmm. liked and commented on your content. They've visited your profile a number of times. Um, so they're showing signs they're interested. The next response to that is the video is a very low-key, non-pushy video. Mm -hmm. It's hi so and so. Uh, notice that you liked our content or did you know visit my profile? Notice you, you you're this role in this company. We work with companies like yours to achieve X Y Z. Here's some examples. Would love to have a chat with you. If not completely fine. I'm not going to follow up if you don't respond to this. So that's another key thing. I know like salespeople are like follow up, follow up, follow up. Yeah. I don't. If someone hasn't responded to that video, I'm not there constantly nagging them saying, did you see the video? Did you see the video? Yeah. I'll give you an example. So um, I sent a video about six months ago to a marketing manager of a big brand, heard nothing. Two days ago, got a reply. Sorry, I've been really busy in my role, but I now I'm ready to have a chat with you. That was a video I sent six months ago. I think if I would have sent follow-ups like, hey, hey, mm -hmm. John Smith, did you see this? Or Sarah Smith, did you see this? Did you see you this? They're going to think, oh, this guy's actually annoying. annoying and yeah. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Thanks for that clarification. I'm sure the anchors will enjoy that. Number three, this is something that lots of people talk about, but I've been doing a lot more of it and the results have been dramatically better is proactively engaging on other people's content before, during and after you post. So again, following that theory about the LinkedIn algorithm that LinkedIn will show people your content who they believe you've got some kind of connection with. And the way they, they define that is if you're interacting with each other, if you're messaging each other, if you're liking or commenting on each, each other's content, these are all the signs showing LinkedIn that you have some kind of connection with that person, which is gonna help increase the chances of your content being shown in their feed. So before posting anything, I always spend time going through my newsfeed and adding meaningful comments to people's content, responding to comments on my content and after as well. And it helps 
it it, re- it clearly shows like with the results and the comments that I'm getting on new content mm. that it works. Engaging with other people's content is definitely so underrated because um, I feel like when you try and have a... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm going to like... <laughs> Mid-sentence, just going to be honest with you listeners, I kicked over a electric heater when I started that sentence. I tried to carry on whilst balancing it on my foot and standing it up. It didn't really work, so I'm just going to put that back and start that again. So, what I was trying to say, Dan, is um, I think it's really underrated engaging with other people's content because when people think about, like, right, I'm going to really go hard on LinkedIn, I'm going to really use a LinkedIn strategy mm in 2023 do a lot more everyone just thinks about posts so i'm going to post more my posts mm. are going to be better i think it's that ego thing of like well it's all about my posts yeah. and what i'm doing whereas actually you engaging with other people and what they're doing you know just like in life is just as important is the quickest and easiest way to get more views and engagement on your content mm. is to view and engage with other people's content mm. it's as simple as that nice um underrated Tactic number four is to talk about trending topics. So I want to give you a couple of examples. Um, so uh, I recently posted about, I don't know if you saw Logan Paul, you heard all about, um, he's been under a lot of fire recently for basically being a bit of a shitty person. I think he bought a, a teacup pig and it was found like in a terrible state in a field somewhere that he apparently, mm-hmm. again, no idea if any of this is true, but there was that. He offended a load of Christians by saying stuff offensive in a podcast. He's done a whole range of things. Mm. And he basically tweeted saying, um, oh, I hope the Matrix doesn't get anyone else. It's been terrible, the Matrix. You know, like the whole Andrew Tate thing of blaming mm. the Matrix. Yeah. This was trending on Twitter. And I did a post on LinkedIn about it. And he got a decent amount of views, like 12,000 views, 68 comments. And this is just one example of of many. But and, and another example is ChatGPT, which we spoke about in last week's episode this is something that everyone is talking about right now ai technology so jumping on that kind of bandwagon and speaking about something that everyone's thinking and speaking about will help that content get more reach than if you were just talking about something generic that no one's speaking about (laughs) so one strategy you can you can use is look at platforms like twitter look at the the trending page on twitter to see the kinds of things people are talking about and then create posts on linkedin about that now to add an additional strategic level to that, try and think about how can you uh, include your own angle in the copy to one, um, provide an interesting opinion that's going to get people, uh, other people commenting and sharing their opinion Two, demonstrate your expertise in a specific topic. So for example, me speaking about the Logan Paul thing um, shows that I have an insight and understanding of what's going on in the kind of creator economy and what YouTubers are doing and shows I've uh, kind of got my finger on the pulse you know for you there could be something if you're like i don't know an accountant there could be something to do with nike has just been found out for fraudulently evading tax or whatever you could then comment from your accountant's perspective of like here are three ways nike should have behaved in that situation so you're talking about a training topic you're showing your expertise um, and it's just another thing in your mix of content that you can be doing to reach more people and strategically show you know what you're talking about great and uh i noticed number five dan is very simple (laughs) post more (laughs) so uh a bit of insight for you a big part of our strategy this year moving forward is is doing more of what works which sounds ridiculously simple but linkedin 
uh, organic LinkedIn for us has been where we've got most of our business from or has had an impact on a huge amount of our business last year. So we're now up in the ante and increasing, at least testing, increasing the volume and quality of what we're posting on LinkedIn. I was going to say on LinkedIn, is more always better? Um, not necessarily. So, so, so in Richard Vanderblom's recent LinkedIn algorithm report, which we've spoken about recently, um, he shared some insights that, uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but he was like, if you post twice in within 12 hours, the reach of both posts is reduced by like 20%. If you post three times in 12 hours, the reach of all three posts is decreased by like 30 or 50%. So his insights, he's actually got data to back this up. He says that the more you post in a like 12 hour window, each of those posts will get less reach than if you just posted them individually. However, the collective reach of all three of those posts I found is still significantly more than just posting one thing in 12 hours to get the 100% reach. Rather, Does yeah. that make sense? Because you're it, to do two posts and it not be worthwhile, you'd have to decrease the reach by 50% or more. Yes. So exactly. it makes sense that it's still beneficial. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But there might be like diminishing returns, I yes. guess. If you, if you post 100 times a day, yeah. I assume it's going to yeah. be less and less worthwhile than... Yeah. So we're basically currently testing posting two to three times a day, Monday to Friday, a total of on average 14 posts a week. And just to give you some data, Lloyd, to mm -hmm. show you the numbers so far. Mm -hmm. So in December on my personal LinkedIn, I posted 37 times okay. uh, and got 107,000 views, 833 likes, 537 comments. Mm -hmm. January, when we started implementing this new approach to increasing the volume of our posts, it's only 17 days into January, mm -hmm. so bear that in mind. We're already on 177,000 views, so 70,000 views and more, and we're only halfway through January. 1,398 likes, so 600 extra likes, and we're only halfway through. Mm -hmm. 999 comments, it's another 400 mm -hmm. uh, comments, and we're only halfway through. And how many posts is that from, do you know? That's from uh, 30 posts. Okay. Interesting. So right. I've actually I've actually found that yeah, posting more is actually collectively mm. as well, it's getting much mm. more views than yeah. Great. Something, something I was testing. Great. Actual data to back up what we're saying. Yes. Unlike lots of people on the internet. <laughs> Just pointing out you should value that. <laughs> Another really quick one. Use LinkedIn's inbuilt scheduler to post content more consistently. Um a lot of people recently got access to LinkedIn's new inbuilt scheduling tool. When you write a post and the bottom right, there's a clock icon that you can press on and schedule your posts. It's, it's very simple compared to more advanced scheduling platforms like Agora Pulse, which we love. Um, but it allows you uh, to utilize all the features within LinkedIn, um, like adding caption files and thumbnails and things like that, whereas some, a lot of schedulers don't allow you to have complete Mm -hmm. uh access to all the features of inbuilt linkedin um and that's helped me post more consistently and uh yeah if you've got access to it i really recommend trying it i haven't seen a decrease in reach from using it some people have commented on some of my posts saying oh no if you use the scheduler will it decrease the reach of your posts i haven't seen that at all so worth testing more data cool yeah uh, another thing use shield to track performance um, and uh, label post types to see what type of posts perform well. So let me just dive into that a little bit more. Shield is 
one of the best LinkedIn uh, analytics tools that I've ever tried. Um, it's got some really in-depth data analysis and some really beautiful kind of charts and graphs that shows you your performance, um, which has lots of different options there. One of the things I really like about it is you can label certain types of posts and then filter results based on the labels. So I'll give you an example of how we use this. We still today, we, we are testing the difference in performance from posting vertical video versus square video on LinkedIn. So what you can do is if I wanted to see specific data to analyze which is performing better, I can label in the last two months, all of the square videos I've posted as square and label all the verticals of videos I've posted as vertical and then filter it by vertical versus square. Look at the difference in reach, engagement, That's comments, really likes, useful. and that mm. data, you know, you, you could, it could even be based on like post topic. You know, if I speak about uh, my fridge at home, um, like I said earlier, posting personal content versus case studies at work. What's the difference there? Or uh, yeah, so it's, it's a really good tool that you can use to do that. Pricey? I think it's really cost of, I think it's like anywhere from $8 a month. I think we pay like 20, maybe mm. 15 or 20 based on our usage. Okay, so for those insights and stuff, yeah, should be well a worth worthwhile it. investment. Yeah. Great. I don't know why LinkedIn don't just build their own inbuilt LinkedIn analytics tool. You think if it's been like, built by someone else, it should. Yeah. yeah. And it could be more advanced because they'll have access to more data and stuff. Yeah. But LinkedIn analytics is shit. Oh. So, uh, inbuilt ones. Okay. Uh, another one. Test lots of different styles of content. This is simple and this can be applied to all different types of platforms and content. But really do try a variety of content. Earlier on, I spoke about Post personal stuff, which is one type of content, but also post things like case studies showing the, the work or results you've achieved for a client. Post reviews, testimonials, post educational content, post storytelling content. An example, the other day I went and delivered a strategy day at a distillery up in Yorkshire. I just posted a photo next to one of the um, big pieces of machinery I was going to say, what's it called? I, I can't can see remember. Oh, God, one of the me. big metal um, things. Uh, stills i think mm -hmm. it's called um and post it online and did a bit of spiel about oh we're up here delivering a strategy and it got like 15 20k views and again strategically that's just me saying we're up in yorkshire doing something cool mm -hmm. but it's demonstrating that um, big credible brands trust us to support them with their strategy it's storytelling showing uh, something a bit interesting behind the scenes that people like listening like wanting to hear about so um and so if you're testing that different type of content you can use shield to label it and work out what's working. exactly lloyd you'll learn say don't just look at the numbers in shield so yes. again a smaller amount of people looking at a case study of work you've done uh may be more valuable than a large yes. number of people seeing a post about you cleaning your fridge so obviously <laughs> you need the context around what yeah. you're doing don't just use the numbers and go okay fridge posts work best all of my posts will be that but it's still going to be a really useful tool for you to analyze what's going on yes well done, Lloyd. Great piece of context. Thank next, you. Next one. Um, start a LinkedIn newsletter. I've got some data here for you again. God, lots of data in this episode. So to, to give you context, a LinkedIn newsletter is where it's, it's basically set up the same way that you write an article on LinkedIn, like a longer form piece of content, but they label it a newsletter because you post it weekly and anyone who's subscribed to it gets a notification on LinkedIn to say, Dan's posted a new episode of the Friday Club, which is our weekly newsletter on LinkedIn. So about six or seven years ago, I started the Friday Club 
we started Friday Club, sorry, which is a, a weekly email newsletter of all the best marketing tools, apps, tactics, strategies, videos, podcasts, all that good stuff that we discover every week. Um, and LinkedIn recent, not recently, probably in the last six to 12 months, gave access to personal accounts to create their own LinkedIn newsletter, which is basically an email, but in LinkedIn and people get notified when, when it's written. So I thought, oh, I can easily repurpose the email I'm already writing post it on as a LinkedIn newsletter and reach more people. So here's some of the data. 10 months ago, I started writing this newsletter. Um, it's got 4,000 subs. So every week, 4,000 people who are in my target market, most of them are in our target market, get notified of me posting this. Published 41 episodes so far. Each of those episodes, oh no, so in total, those 41 episodes have had 110 episodes. Friday Club epi- newsletters episodes. What do you want to call them? Okay. I'll call them episodes, but... Okay, cool. Newsletters. No, no, it's fine. 41 newsletters published. In total, they've had 110,000 views on those newsletters. Episodes. Fuck off. Okay. Um, (laughs) um, And each week, it takes me 10 minutes to repurpose the email to do that. Mm. So if you think in front of 110,000 more people, and in the newsletters, we share really useful stuff and share good results we've achieved for our clients and... What's Any working. negatives you see of d- of doing that on LinkedIn rather than traditional, yeah. like by just doing traditional email? I'd say negative is um, if LinkedIn closes down tomorrow, building an, a subs on there versus an email platform that we own mm-hmm. or like we own that data. Yeah. Um, but weighed all of those up and I yeah. still think it's better off. LinkedIn we're, may... We're, very, we're doing, but we're building both still. LinkedIn may very slowly die down, but it's not mm. going to die tomorrow, is it? Yeah. yeah. And if it did, we've still got subscribers, yeah. thousands of subscribers on Okay, cool. Uh, a few more for you, Lloyd. Yeah. Um, simple one. Put more time into LinkedIn. Uh, again, like, uh, per- thinking of us personally, LinkedIn's where we've generated a significant amount of business why wouldn't we just spend more time and resource in doing more there? Mm-hmm. Similar, like, I guess if LinkedIn isn't your thing, which would be weird you listening to this episode, but you know, if podcasting or speaking at events or exhibiting at events was the main thing that got your business, why don't you do more of that and take resource away from things that aren't working? Um, super simple, but effective. Nice. Another one, post the same post, but in different content formats, repurposing. Something that we're trying more recently and uh, our marketing team is helping us, me to do this, is repurposing things like um, Twitter thread posts I've done, repurposing those into LinkedIn document posts. Um, uh, As I mentioned before, the LinkedIn algorithm report that Richard Van Doblom did showed that document posts on LinkedIn get like three times the reach of a, of a normal text-based post. So it's very quick and easy to repurpose using tools like Adobe Express. And I did a video tutorial on our YouTube channel showing you how to do that a while ago. This helps you do more testing then, different types of content as well as the different uh, sort of subjects you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. Because okay. you could do a text-based post. Yeah. A text-based post with images. Especially uh, if you're repurposing post. the same uh, sort of subject material, then that's a really good te- mm. test. Yeah. Between just a text-based post or a yeah. whatever. Yeah, nice. Another quick tip. In the copy of your post or in the visuals of your content on LinkedIn, use data wherever possible to back up your claims in terms of how you help clients. For example, um, we are, at the start of January, I did a post talking about some of the really great results we've achieved for clients. And I gave the numbers and mm-hmm. said, you know, 
One B2B client, we generated a million pound contract. Another B2C client, we generated over 2.5 million pounds of e-commerce revenue from the ads we've created. We helped another client get stocked in Lidl's. Um, and I like gave these specific data points. I think a lot of marketing companies just say, we'll do good stuff for you, mm. work with us. Whereas the ones that stand out are not just marketing companies, any kind of company, florists, yeah. butchers, you know, <laughs> give me proof that you have the best sausages in your butchers. What percentage of those sausages is from the best mm. quality, whatever. Give me the numbers rather than just saying good stuff. If you're genuinely doing good work or selling amazing products, you should be able to tell us with data why they're the best and yep. why they're so good and why your business is mm -hmm. so good if you're genuinely doing a good yes. job. If you're just starting out, maybe you're not genuinely doing a great job yet and you can't use that data because yeah. you don't have it. But if you've got a business that's been going for 10 years and you're mm. doing great work, why wouldn't you be saying, yeah. this is the great stuff we've been doing. Yeah. These are the exact numbers. I can I've, do that for I've you. I have no idea how we converted our first few customers when we had no evidence of good stuff we'd yeah. done. Lots of fluffy stuff. We'll yeah. do good stuff for you, I promise. <laughs> Shake on it. Yeah. Um, final one. Talk about the amazing work you do. Or the amazing pro amazing pro products you manufacture and sell. I think on a kind of controversial point compared to what I said earlier, a lot of people can get hung up in the numbers from posting about cleaning their fridge. It feels good to get 20, 30,000 views on a post. But like Lloyd said earlier, the context needs to be there as well. Um, you know, a thousand people seeing you post about the amazing service you provide for a client provided for a client or the amazing review you got from a product you sold to a client, the impact of that in terms of strategically helping you to convince other people to become a customer is way higher than you posting about cleaning your fridge. So it's important to understand how all of these things tie into like a traditional marketing funnel or a customer journey to build awareness with the fridge posts, to then build trust with the case study posts, to then drive action with the posts that are like, now it's time to speak to me about how we can help you. That's it. Oh, that's an interesting way to end it. Just yeah. that, just saying that's it. <laughs> that that is my knowledge. That's it. That is, I have. I mean, said all of well, it. I think we're gonna do a part two soon because there's loads more tips and things I, that I've that, learned. That has been an incredibly informative episode, though. I think mm. that's people are gonna have to re-listen and and get right down all those steps. That's really good, mm. in my opinion. Hopefully, other people like it too. Yeah. And if you haven't done so already, do connect with me on LinkedIn, Dan Knowlton, because we're posting a lot more content there. And you'll see all the stuff that we're and doing. And subscribe, wherever you listen to this podcast, subscribe to it. Tell your friends and family. Any more um, calls to action? <laughs> just, uh, right, right now, text the person you love the most <laughs> or WhatsApp and say, you should listen to the Business Anchors <laughs> podcast. And then email them. Yeah. And then call them. Yeah. Just do that now. Do you know, do do those know, ten calls you know what? Now. sometimes <laughs> you don't do things you should do, do you? You don't get these things done and then you regret it later. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Just tell your mum to listen to the Business Anchors podcast. <laughs> yeah. She could really learn a lot from this. Mm. Don't procrastinate. Do it now. Okay. That was a weird ending. And we'll see you on your ears. Next week. <laughs>